The Modus Monologues and Docu America Series podcast was made possible with the support from the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative. From Modus Theater, welcome to the Shoebox Stories podcast, where we invite you to stand in someone else's shoes. I'm Modus's artistic director, Kirsten Wilson. If you could just for a moment take a walk in my shoes. For our first podcast series on DocuAmerica, Modus asks a prominent American to stand in the shoes of an undocumented person by reading aloud their story, saying their words and holding, for a moment, the weight that they carry. By reading the story handed to them in the studio, the reader is not saying they agree with everything written. They are simply agreeing to suspend judgment and feel the impact as they word by word experience the world through another's eyes. Maybe then you'll come to see all the struggles, all the dreams, all the hopes that we Our guest reader is the executive producer and lead anchor of Latino USA, Maria Hinojosa. We're all saying y'all have been sleeping while we've become dehumanized. She will be reading the story of Tanya Chaires, a college advisor who grew up undocumented under the threat of Sheriff Joe Arpaio in Arizona. Tanya shares her struggles to protect good parents just like her own from the attacks against the immigrant community. After the reading and reflection, we have music from Grammy Award-winning Afro-Latin jazz pianist Arturo O'Farrell. He listened to Tanya's story and then sat down and improvised a passionate musical response. And now, Maria Hinojosa reading Tanya Chaires' story entitled, Listen to Your Heart. I often hear that the only way to get people to care about my struggles as an undocumented woman is to ask them to imagine me as their daughter or their sister. But I have my own parents and siblings, and my mere humanity deserves respect. I was taught at school in this country that my contributions to society are all that should matter. So I've done everything in my power to be at the top of my class, to get into a good college, to volunteer, work hard, pay taxes, to prove I'm worthy. And I am worthy, with or without all of that effort, even though I often get treated quite literally like an alien, or essentially a criminal, simply because I don't have an official document calling me a citizen. I also want you to know I'm proud of my Mexican heritage, although it took almost two decades for me to embrace it. You see, from ages 5 to 18, I grew up in Phoenix, Arizona a place where an anti-immigrant sheriff named Joe Arpaio ruled. He put undocumented Mexican immigrants in chain gang shackles, made the men wear pink underwear to humiliate them. He literally celebrated spending less money on his inmates than on his dog. And this was somehow acceptable. I grew up constantly striving to prove that I wasn't dirty, lazy, criminal, or shameful, that I wasn't worth less than a dog. I now finally have a sense of my own value. So to feel my life under attack and you do nothing, it's like my humanity doesn't matter. That baffles me. 
It's just inconceivable that the very ground under my feet is falling away and I could be deported, put into a detention center, separated from my family, lose my job, my mortgage, all that I've built, and yet somehow you, my friends, neighbors, the people at the coffee shop, the grocery store, you listening, don't see my situation as urgent and get up and do something about it. My entire community of documented and undocumented people is under attack everywhere, left and right, day after day. And it seems you think you've done your job simply by liking my article on Facebook, sad crying face, maybe even angry face. You think you've done enough by staying caught up on the news so you have something to lament at the dinner table? My life is not a talking point. My life is not something you can use to uplift your liberal agenda. And don't you dare pity me or send me your prayers. Do something. Call your senator, your immigrant-phobic family, show up at an immigrant rights meeting. Because every day that you don't take action is another day that the status quo prevails. And the status quo is painful, even if I still have my family intact. Because it hurts physically, emotionally, mentally, that you don't care enough to give your time and effort to help me and your fellow human beings. Because while you go about your business, your health goals and your gratitude posts, those of us on the front lines of the Trump administration's attacks are fighting against the limited hours in a day. Because There's never enough time to work our 60-hour jobs and then go to meeting after meeting, plan events, protests, fundraisers, and teach-ins, pouring our energy from what quickly becomes an empty cup. And somehow, at the same time, it's still our job to educate you on how our life depends on your voice, your vote, your money, and your willingness to show up. It's not like I enjoy the fact that I need you, but I do. And I'm exhausted from pulling your weight and begging you to act like a citizen in a democracy. And because you aren't pulling your weight, my mental health is suffering. Because I need rest too. But right now I'm afraid that if I don't go to that extra meeting, if I don't share that petition, if I don't convince everyone that this is urgent, then more people will get deported, sometimes sent to their death, and another family will be torn apart. You see, it's urgent for us all the time. And someplace, deep inside you, you must know that it's urgent too. You must. So please, just for a moment, pause, breathe. Can you see me? I'm afraid. I'm afraid that in the end, no matter how much I've fought for others, I won't be able to save my own family from deportation. Have you seen the pictures from our borders? Innocent families with young children and elders tear gassed for seeking refuge? Do you know what's happening across our country? Hardworking immigrants, good parents, just like mine, locked away like criminals in detention centers, young children separated from their parents in these terrible tent camps, exposed to abuse, 
dying from dehydration and untreated infections? Do you see a war? Do you at least see the semblance to concentration camps? Can you feel your own heart telling you it is urgent? Please, listen to your heart. Not just for me or for the undocumented community, but for your own humanity too. Please, it's urgent. Maria, before you read this story, Tanya read her story directly to you alone and through a lot of tears. Would you tell Tanya what it was like to listen to her tell her story in preparation for you reading it aloud? So what's it like? Usually I'm the one who's asking the questions and recording. I'm the one who's having to listen as the journalist. And so even though I try to beat back tears, it never works because... In my role as a journalist, actually, there has to be that emotional response. Otherwise, why would anybody trust me with their story? Hmm. But it definitely was different to not have the protection of my microphone in front of you. Yeah. And to rather have you just reading it straight to me. The combination of all of the sadness and then the anger and the, the frustration. Every minute that somebody isn't doing something is a minute when it's not just the status quo, it's getting worse. So it is actually a plea to every single person around us. Can you just make sure you do something like today? Like right now. Like right now, just do something. (laughs) Even if it's like going to the place where the day laborers are and just driving by and saying, Buenos dias, como andamos? You guys hungry? Just buy a pizza so that people know that they're not invisible. But anyway, I thank you for making it so personal and for having the capacity to read me your story. Thank you for listening. Tanya, do you want to tell Maria anything about what inspires you to be willing to put out your personal story? I started sharing my story publicly when I was 18 years old. And... After sharing my story publicly for so many years, at some point it just becomes a political tool. It's like I'm going to tell you a piece of myself so that I can hopefully move this politician a little closer to where I want them to be. And then after the 2016 election, I was like, this isn't working for me. I can't just be giving away pieces of myself so that maybe someone will do something. And so I wanted to share my story in a different way. I wanted to be very honest about how I'm feeling. And if I'm feeling this way, there are hundreds of other people feeling the same, if not worse. And so I have to tell people how this is impacting our community and how their inaction is making things worse. Because it matters. There's nothing that's unclear about how you feel. Mm-hmm. And your motivation, which I know is the same as mine. <laughs> We're trying to be really patriotic here. <laughs> We're trying to be really good Americans here. 
you know, Americans in the sentido of Americanos, right? Just people who are engaged. So you yeah. did a good job of uh, of letting people know how you feel. Yeah. And I think that feeling is, unless people feel it, then they might not carry it into action. And that's what worries me, right? That someone will listen to my story and be like, wow, that that was so emotional that, you know, that was so much. And then they go on with their day and they become, you know, part of the people at the grocery store who are just hanging out. Maria, would you tell Tanya what it was like to hold the weight of her story and read it directly back to her? The thing is, is that I know so many Tanyas. (laughs) I have so many Tanyas in my life. They're with me every morning when I wake up. You're with me in my classes. You're with me in my office. You're with me everywhere, even though you don't know it. So Tanya, who I just met, is with me all the time. Most notably at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock in the morning. That's what I'm thinking about. Baby Tanya. Baby Tanya. Who's in a cage. So, Tanya's in front of me today, but you're with me all the time. And it's also about finding happy, beautiful Tanya with the perfect face, amazing hair, great style, beautiful eyes, fabulous lips, who's here with somebody who loves her. And so it's about finding our joy as part of our resistance. So thank you for being here. Tanya, do you want to tell Maria what it was like for you to hear her read your story and hold that response? I mean, this is funny, but I first kept thinking, that's Maria Hinojosa's voice reading my story. Just because, you know, you're on the radio, so your voice is what what people hear. But I think, you know, hearing my story coming from someone else is really difficult. Because it's like, wow, yeah, I'm definitely very pissed off. And I'm definitely very sad. And I'm definitely frustrated. And you can hear it in my story. And, and I, I don't hear my story when I hear when I say it. But I hear it when you say it. And it's not okay. That's not okay. It's not okay that I have all of that anger and frustration and sadness because there is so much joy in my life as well. But the politics of this world have made it so that I need to share my frustration and my anger so that hopefully people will take action so that they will not hopefully so that they will. Um, but it is unfair. And, and I also don't want it to sound like a terrible sob story, right? We have enough of those. But thank you for reading my story. You definitely are angry, that's for sure. There's no doubt. So you wrote this at a time when you were really angry. But you know what? That's what it looks like, too. 
And anger is another emotion just like exasperation, tears, frustration, love, and anger can spur people just like love can. Can't hide the anger. <laughs> I mean, you just can't. No. You know, you just can't. So actually, I'm glad you put it down on paper. Sometimes we have to hear it. Yeah. And I'm a very nice person. Smiling. <laughs> For me to be angry is... It's like a whole different version of myself. But that's the version of myself that comes out so often now. And I... I'm still angry. I mean, I didn't write that today, but I'm still angry. Me too. We just met today, but this is like the running theme, in particular this past weekend when I've been thinking about how I have to write the the final chapter to my memoir, and they're like, make it positive. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't want to be pleading, right? Because it's just like I don't want to be yet another pleading Mexican, you know. Yeah. But we're all saying y'all have been sleeping while we've become dehumanized. You've been sleeping. And everybody was just like, oh, it's just immigrants. They're illegal anyway, so... Our mutual call is to say, you need to wake up <laughs> and take part in your democracy. So it's not just you. It's not just me. It's not hundreds. It's tens of thousands of us. Hundreds of thousands of us. Absolutely. You know, sometimes I feel like as an undocumented person, I'm doing more in this democracy than U.S. citizens. And it seems insane to me that such a high privilege of being able to vote, of being able to enact the citizenship that people have, and it's just kind of like a whatever. I'm just like, no, that's so important. I'm doing everything that I can to have that. I'm doing a lot to have a part of that. I feel you. So before we end, we have an opportunity to take a few breaths together and then see if there are any last words to be spoken before we leave this room. I guess I would have a question for you because I'm a journalist. Where do you find your strength? I find my strength in thinking... What did my ancestors have to survive for me to be here? And they survived so much. And not only did they survive, but they thrived. And then I look at my present and I think about my community, the people around me who are fighting, who are doing something. Every single day, they get up, they do what they have to do, and they fight for a better tomorrow. And in the middle of all the terrible things happening in the world, it's incredible to know that there are people who are making it through and putting their everything into making the world a better place. And that's what gives me strength. Because at the end of the day, I know it's not just me. I know it's not just us. 
it's many people. And with many people, I know we can do it. I also want to thank you for being super honest about growing up self-hating. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's very important that we label that. We grow up feeling less than as Mexicans, not because we're born that way, but because everything in this society has made us feel that way. And then we have to reclaim our love for ourselves and our love for our ancestral power. But I worry our fellow Latinos and Latinas and immigrants who will stay in the part of self-hatred. That's what it looks like. So acknowledging it, saying that you've been there, I think is super important. So thank you for saying that. Absolutely. And that's why we have to change the narrative, right? If we can change that narrative, the current narrative of fear that's in the media, to say like Mexican immigrants are powerful Mexican immigrants are resilient. Mexican immigrants are everywhere around us doing X, Y, and Z. Then maybe the little girl that I once was might have seen something better. And that's what we're going to do. What we're going to do is to make sure that we have, for her, another image. I'm covering the story of a little boy who came mute from Central America And in the end, he's learning how to speak. Not Mm. one, but two languages. Mm. Beautiful. So he'll be the survivor. And my image is that he's going to somehow end up being an elected official and change society. So we hold on to these dreams because we have to. So thank you for sharing yours with me. Absolutely. Thank you for doing something. (laughs) It's all we can ask of anyone else. Tanya, did you also have a last question or any last words for Maria? Thank you. I know you're very busy and there's so many things happening in the world and in your life. And it makes a lot of difference for even one person to pay attention because then it's a ripple effect, right? And I think there are so many undocumented people out there that just need to feel like they're not invisible. They need to feel like someone is listening. And even more than that, what are we going to do now that we've listened? What are we going to do now that my story is held in your arms and in your heart? And I hope that whoever does listen, I hope that it's more than that. Because listening only goes so far. I think we have to take steps forward. And that's what my entire monologue is about. I want more than just people to listen. I want so much more. Thank you for making the space today. Thank you. It was a pleasure to meet you. You're a badass. Gracias.
the great Arturo O'Farrell improvising a musical response inspired by Tanya's story. You can watch a video of Tanya reading her own story on our webpage, shoeboxstories.org, or hear her read it to Maria Hinojosa on our companion podcast, Modus Monologues, on DocuAmerica series. We hope you will share Tanya's story with your friends and family, so everyone knows the people whose lives are at stake in U.S. immigration policy. Next month on the Shoebox Stories on DocuAmerica series, hear co-founder of Black Lives Matter and founder of Dignity and Power Now, Patrice Cullors, read the story of Armando Peniche. Thank you to Maria Nojosa, Tania Chaires, Arturo O'Farrell, and all of you listening who are willing to stand in the shoes of someone with a different experience than your own and see the world, for a moment, through their eyes. Take good care of yourselves, those you hold dear, and your neighbors, both those near and far. So take a moment to refrain from all the judgment and the pain and know my story. For we are grateful for the Shoebox Stories creative team, including Carlos Heredia theme song, Anthony Salvo violin underscore, Alejandro Fuentes Mena vocals, Robert Johnson vocals, the podcast content editor, Modus Artistic Director, Kirsten Wilson, technical editors, Sam Glover and Douglas Reed, the Modus Theater production team, Rita Valent Quinn, Michelle Mon, and Kiara Chavez, and Modus Undocumentologists, Victor Galvan, Tania Chaires, Redesel Salvidres Rodriguez, Laura Peniche, Kiara Chavez, Juan Juarez, Irving Reza, Cristian Solano Cordova, Armando Peniche, and Alejandro Fuentes Mena.